0: seeing people and friends and families uh, uh, going through the death of family members, you get a conviction. And you get a conviction that, you know what, regardless of the number of times I've spoken to them, this is a time I've got to talk with all my heart. And so uh, uh, just like to them, I'd like to talk to you about God's desire to speak to us, to say, you know what, I want from you all you've got. All you've got. It's been a phrase I've uh, began to say a lot more lately. My son Adrian is running track. And he's going after the, the mile and the two miles. You know, I, I'm there thinking it's myself running. Not really. But I do because uh, there's no way I will ever run that fast. But One thing I definitely say in the last few laps is all you've got. All you've got. Regardless of what you did before, now all that's left is all you've got. And in the same way, I think God, as a father to you and I, running the race of life is looking at us and saying, you know what I want from you? All you've got. Regardless of the laps you've gone around, regardless of what's happened before, he wants you to give him all you've got. Psalm 103 is a very special psalm. If you go ahead and go there, we're going to read it. The psalms I've been uh, studying quite a bit. I'm taking finishing up a master's program, and this is one of my last courses. And uh, the psalms are fascinating in that they start and end with the concept of praising God. One of the beautiful things of the psalms is that you can go through whatever emotion you're going through in life and find a psalm that relates to it. The beautiful thing in that is that Christianity is not always going to be just a bouncing joy. There are moments that you're going to go through a lament. There are moments that you're going to feel disoriented. There's moments where you're going to feel clear that God is there and you're there and you're connected. But there's moments where you're going to wonder, where is he? And I love that in the psalms you can find that heart. Of a man being wide open with his God saying, God, I can't find you. I don't connect with you right now. But then there's times well, for us to just praise him. Let's go ahead and go and read Psalm 103. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul. And it's a psalmist trying to figure out talking to himself, really. You know, there's times you talk to other people. There's times you talk to God. And there's times you got to talk to yourself. Times when you you find, you know, when I pray, I'm just reaching the ceiling and that's about as far as it's going. And so you've got to talk to yourself and talk to your soul. Talk to the innermost parts of yourself. And so he says, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all, all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, And crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, amen, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, even further than Boston and L.A., so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we're formed. He remembers that we're dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. His righteousness with their children's children. Yeah, even our grandchildren, huh? With those who keep his covenant And remember to obey His precept. The Lord has established His throne in heaven. And His kingdom rules all over. Praise the Lord, you His angels. You mighty ones who do His bidding. Who obey His word. Praise the Lord, all the heaven host. You the servants who do His will. Praise the Lord, all His works. Everywhere, in all dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Boy, if we can keep our hearts where the psalmist has us, we're going to talk about all we've got. Because my call to you today, God's call to you and I, is not to just be believers, It's not just to even identify ourselves as disciples, but to be those that have given him all we've got, regardless of our age, regardless of our past, he's asking for all we've got. So I want to talk about four things today. All my soul. You know, and one of the hardest things is to not forget. To not forget who God is. To not forget what He's done in our lives. And so forget not. All we've got, all we've got is because the Lord is. All that we have comes from Him. And finally, let's make sure that today, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we praise the Lord. Let's talk about all my soul. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. God's wanting for us to praise Him with everything we've got. You know, to praise Him way beyond just Sunday morning. It's kind of easy with a band like this and singers like that to praise God, isn't it? But how about when you go home and you're alone? We're you on the highway and somebody gets in front of you. Is your nature to go, praise the Lord! But he calls us to praise God there. He calls us to praise him with our mind. I've heard the campus students have grown quite a bit, amen? And so if you're a campus student, God's given you an incredible mind to use for him, Amen? And so He calls us to praise Him with all of our mind. But He also calls us to praise Him with all of our emotions. And we we come from cultures that are highly emotional. And so it's a big deal for us to not just be praising Him on a Sunday morning. But on the days that we don't feel like it, we're called to praise Him. We're also called to praise Him with our eyes if we're going to praise Him with our inmost beings. And so men, do we praise Him when we're going like this? Walking with our wives and looking at somebody else. We're called to praise Him with our eyes. If we're praising Him with our inmost, then our mouths and our ears are going to be praising Him. So there's a challenge there for us to consider. What do we talk about? You know, one of the easiest things for us to talk about is something negative. Have you noticed? Two strangers get together. There's a line in in a store. And the most natural conversation, instead of talking about something positive... Is what somebody is doing that is negative. And we can connect. But as disciples of Christ, we're called to praise God. And so if we're called to praise God, we should be those that have a leavening that generate positive conversations regardless of the circumstance. Amen? And so I want to call us today to decide you know, am I gonna praise him with all my soul? The psalmist battles with himself, and there's moments where we have to battle with ourselves. Honestly, the last couple of weeks for me have been a battle. By the way, I love to pray. I love to go walking on prayers. I love to read the Bible. But honestly, there's times when I felt not connecting with God. And so I've, I've read this psalm. I've read 40 different commentaries about this psalm. That's a lot of books. About one book, one chapter of the Bible. But my question has been, God, I've got to figure you out. Figure what you're trying to convey here. But mostly, God, I've got to figure out my heart. So that I can again praise you with all I've got. Because, you know, we're all blessed people. But it's amazing how blessed we are and how easy it is for us to get negative. And regardless of the blessings we have, for us to lose sight of the concept of praising God. And so the psalmist struggles here in the same way we're called to daily struggle. To make sure out of our quiet times in the morning, walking with God, we walk out with a conviction. I will praise you every day. And if this hasn't been a pattern for you, I want to call you today to make a decision. I'm going to spend time with God and with God's word until the point that I am praising him. One of the beautiful things of Matthew 26, verse 36, when Jesus goes out and prays in Gethsemane, every city I go to, I'll find a Gethsemane and I'll walk there till the conviction I have is I will walk out of here ready to praise him. You know, if you don't do that, you will by nature walk out praising something else, but it will not be your God. He calls us to praise Him with all, of our, all we have and in all circumstances. And the reality of Christianity is we will face the same things that people that are not believers face. We don't believe really in a prosperity gospel in, the, in a sense that just because we are disciples of Christ and we have God's Spirit, bling, everything is going to be beautiful. The challenge is will we praise Him when we go through the valleys and the journeys or just in the high moments? I'm going to watch a video about praising God with all my soul.
1: When troubles come
0: and my
1: heart burden be, then I am still and wait here in silence until you come and sit.
0: soul. You know, if you're uh, a father of a trackie, that video catches uh, an even deeper uh, part of your heart. I had seen it before. And then I saw it a a week ago after eight months of
1: all you've got, all you've got, all you've got.
0: Dinners at home, changing from talking about choir, which was our previous conversations with the two girls, to track 101, track 202, track 303, everything you want to know about track. And it gets in your heart. Because you love your child. And their passion becomes yours. And so you see not just the young man running and you know uh, how many days, nights, did he sleep thinking about that race, dreaming about that day, the investment that it took him, the investment that it took the family. You can see that the father had said, all you've got for a lot of times. And so the son was giving all he had. But the beautiful thing is that the father was giving all he's got as well. You know, why are we praising God? First, because He gave all He had. And so it's very appropriate that He looks at us and says, Oh, my soul! And that that's what we give Him. You know, each one of us in a different endeavor, God has given us gifts, talents, skills. And in them, they're meant to be used for all they've got for Him. We can wrap them up right around ourselves. But it's so important that we understand they were given by him, for him, for his glory. Amen? And so, first of all, let's decide that we're going to praise him from deep within our soul. Amen? Second, forget not. The scripture says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know one of the amazing things about the Israelite people? They forgot. You read the Old Testament, and I don't know about you, but every time I read it, I'm like, Come on, God, that's enough. Come on, God, that's enough. Because you'll see him forgiving them, forgiving them, forgiving them, forgiving them, as they forget, forget, forget. The whole book of Judges is about the people of God forgetting and then remembering. And God being patient enough to go, Okay, I'll be there with you. But the reality is it's not just the Israelite people. It's you and I as well, isn't it? He says there, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pits and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I want to share with you about a good friend of mine. His name is Luis, Luis Mendizabal. Luis became a disciple in 1995 after having had, had a life of roller coaster. He was a Guatemalan, uh, blessed man in Guatemala. He uh, worked for Phillips, which was a successful job as a manager. As he developed in his job, he started drinking. In the process, before uh, losing it, he got married and had a child. But after a few years, because of his alcohol, he lost all the blessings he had. And a man that had risen up in the corporate world was now living on the streets. He lived on the streets for four years. During those four years, he got stabbed, shot at, broke multiple ribs. It was controlled by his addiction. He went from drinking liquor to drinking pure alcohol. It just got too expensive. So one day, a cousin of him meets him on the street and picks him back up. Takes him back home. His family takes him back in. Eventually, Luis gives up the drinking. God blesses him with a a job, and he's transferred. He moves to Boston. When he moves to Boston, within a month, he meets the church. He becomes a disciple and becomes a very faithful disciple. So faithful, he rises up in leadership. He eventually goes as a missionary. But in that process, he loses his faith because he forgot. And you think, after having gone gone so low, how could you forget? But he lost his salvation, lost his friendships, and went back into his old habits. Years passed, and Luis went back to Boston. It just happens to be that Luis had a roommate. Luis's roommate got interested in God. And so Luis says to him, listen... I." I once knew, but I can guide you to the right people. And so his roommate starts studying the Bible with the guy who had studied the Bible with Luis many years ago. His roommate becomes a Christian eight months ago, and where I'm going into their house every day. I had been involved with Luis's studies 20 some years ago. So for Luis, it was pretty eye opening to see me at that same house now studying with his roommate. The roommate becomes a Christian and Luis shows up to the baptism and starts the process of restoration. It was such, such a joy for me to be involved with seeing Luis come back to God. A man now deeply grateful for what he had forgotten. You know, we don't need to go to the pit that Luis went. But I think many of us have to admit we've forgotten You know, this trip for me has been very good because just coming back to the West Coast, it does me a lot of good. Walking around Claremont and remembering prayers that got answered 12 years ago when we first moved there. I remember moving from Mexico City as a missionary, landing and being told, why don't you live there in Claremont? I said, whatever, I don't even know what, what Claremont is, but fine. And I remember the first day walking out of the the hotel we were staying at and walking around this big old park right by Claremont High School and praying there and going, Wow, God, from Mexico City, where we loved it, we loved the mission work, to L.A. And to be in this town and thinking, My kids are going to grow up here? After the risk that they had faced in Mexico City, it blew me away. The blessings that God would provide for us. Twelve years have passed. And those little kids, the two girls, have become disciples. And boy, it's easy to forget. It's so easy to forget what God does in your life. I'm going to show you a video about Diana's recital. A dad bragging a little bit here. Hope you don't mind. But the reason, I had to find a reason to put it up, really. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that what I, what I thought about was, I remember about two months in Mexico City, after having moved from Boston and then Florida, going to a park with Diana and Elena. One goes in front of the other, And the parts there don't necessarily have the most proper equipment. And so, for one reason or another, Diana falls backwards off of a sliding board. Thank you. A very high sliding board. Like a one-story high sliding board. And lands on cement on her head. I pick her up. And we ran home. And she was sort of losing consciousness. We called the doctor. he says, rush her here. We go outside. We don't have a car because we just moved. We're missionaries. We don't know our way around. We asked the first taxi, do you know where the ABC hospital is? No. Second taxi, do you know where the ABC hospital is? No. Do you know the third one? Do you know where the ABC hospital is? No. Finally, the fourth one did. And Kelly kept talking to the girl so that she wouldn't. Lose consciousness. That was the one thing the doctor told us. Eventually we made it and she's fine. You know, that same girl eventually became a disciple. But it wasn't a cakewalk. There were very challenging moments. Some of you guys, many of you guys, have helped in that process you know, there were moments where we wondered, how is this going to happen? Because it was at 17 that she finally decided to become a disciple. But, oh, don't, I don't forget that day when, the day before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving morning, both Diana and Elena came after having counted the cost with different people and both saying, we're ready to become disciples. You know, you can forget some things. But, boy, I can't forget that. I can't forget the audience of people that were there at that baptism that represented all of our lives. People that have been involved with us in different stages. You know, economy has gone up and down. And my investments have gone up and down. I had invested for the future of my kids in this one thing. A property in Florida. Not a good thing. I even called the investment next generation. Well, that next generation went poof. I remember the struggle of feeling so weak as a father not being able to provide for his daughters and children in terms of their college education and having to say to them, you know what, yeah, you got into Pepperdine, but you can't go. You got to go somewhere else. And God blessing with the opening of Cal Poly and an incredible ministry that has helped her grow. And then there were the nodules where Her voice basically was done with. Doctors saying, don't know if you'll be able to sing. Her teacher saying, don't know if you'll be able to do the recital, which is vital for you to graduate as a music major. As in, if you don't do that, you can't graduate. End of last year, she was diagnosed with nodules and basically uh, had to go through weeks of not being able to say a word. And anybody that knows Deanna knows that's a challenge. (laughs) And so I got to go to this recital and see God's work. I'll share it with you a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> there's a call in there for us not to forget and i don't know if you caught it but the whole song is about god's spirit That god put you know we think of mary as an incredibly blessed woman don't we the privilege of having christ inside of her but that whole song is about us not forgetting that everyone that has become a disciple didn't just receive forgiveness of your sins We receive God's spirit and he's inside of us, but it's so easy to forget that we have the greatest treasure to give to the world that the world so desperately needs. So I pray that each one of us today will get the conviction of we will praise God by not forgetting Amen. the Lord is, you know, one of this uh, verse is repeated multiple times. It's in about eight different books of the Bible. There's something to be said when God says it in different books. See, he repeats it in Exodus, repeats it in Psalms and many other books. He says, The Lord is, how is He? He's compassionate. The Lord is gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in love. Amen? This is something that each one of us should be able to say just every morning. What is God like? He's compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in love. Whoa, what happened there? And so let's say it. What's God like? compassionate what else gracious abounding in love amen there you go we'll go back to if you can there you go thank you and so the lord is who is he he's the one who forgives all your sins all your sins the scripture talks about east to west that's how far sins are from you but it's so important for us to grab that conviction. If, you know, if we walk through that conviction, how do you think our heads should be walking like? I think held high with a conviction. You know what? God's forgiven me. We don't have to walk around thinking, yeah, 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 but I'm going to repeat that, but I'm going to repeat that. No, he says, it's gone. I've forgiven it. It's over. You know, I studied the Bible with a, uh, a brother now. His name's Elmer. And it was so interesting to see that the last three weeks, he, his wife, and his mother-in-law and the transformation in their character. Met him a couple of months ago after our Bring Your Neighbor Day. We had a Bring Your Neighbor Day in the Latin group there. And we had 998 people in attendance. It was great. Not a thousand. And I told the church, we didn't make a thousand. <laughs> his mother-in-law and his wife came. We saw the movie Courageous. And I encourage you, if you haven't done it, watch it. It'll challenge your heart. Especially as a family. The wife got so excited the husband didn't go to church that day. She rented it Monday morning and said, here, we're watching it. He bawled. That Wednesday, I went to a Bible talk and saw the mother-in-law and the wife. The mother-in-law, after the end of the Bible talk, came up to me and basically just spilled her guts. Told me stuff that had gone on in her life since she was a kid. She says, I've never said this to anybody. I'm like, what's up with this? (laughs) But God works, you know. And the wife started telling me about how their marriage was on the verge of divorce. Two weeks ago, he was baptized. She was restored. And the mother-in-law was baptized. And to see that spirit of freedom, of a woman just walking around saying, you know what? My God has forgiven me. We so easily can lose sight of that. But that's who God is. You know, the beautiful thing about this scripture, Psalm 103, is that you'll see Jesus's life being demonstrated all through this psalm. And so something that was written hundreds of years before is fulfilled in his love life. It says when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because the Lord is the one who forgives all of our sins. The Lord is the one who heals all your diseases. You know, after forgiveness... The reality of our lives is that we're not done. Sometimes we think, okay, the day I'm baptized, it's over. And so from then on, I'm all free. But the reality is we bring a little baggage with us, don't we? And so there's things that need to be healed after that. And so God wants to work and has been working in each one of our lives way, not just till then, but from then on. And continues to heal not just physical diseases, but emotional diseases as well. And we see it in Jesus' life again. He says that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick. And the demon-possessed, he could press close. All the the sick and the demon-possessed, the whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let any of the demons speak because they knew who he was. Why is it that God is this way? Or why is it that Jesus is this way? Because that's how God is. He heals. And so He's looking to your life. And there's specific things in each one of our lives that if we're willing and by faith go after it with Him, He will heal. Who is He? He's the one who crowns you with love and compassion. Crowns you as a prince or a princess. A man of leprosy came came to him and begged him on his knees, If you're willing, you can make me clean. And filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Why is it that he goes after our lives? Because he is loving and compassionate. It's not because we deserve it just His character. Who is He? He's the one who satisfies your desires with good things. And He does in so many ways. You know, I think of coming back here and thinking about the desire of seeing my life unfold and the blessing of it. It's amazing to see the things I've prayed for and how God's responded. So when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him. And the crowd touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. The Lord works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. And you remember the adulterous woman, right? She was caught in adultery. Deserving death. But instead of that, Jesus says to him, he straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they who are condemning you? Who's condemning you? No one sir, sir, she said, then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. You know, if you look at our lives in the same way, he's wanting to free us up. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. God speaks to each person. It's not just in a book. He's speaking to you in different ways, in different lives, in different relationships. And it says, Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he's constantly making his deeds known to man. And so finally, we'll talk about praising God and praising the Lord. You know, the psalmist is wrestling with all the different ways to praise God. And he realizes, you know what? The angels have been praising him all along. So he says, Praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His bidding, who obey His word. God loves it when we obey His word. One of my biggest calls to you today is to seek out in His word what He wants from you and to show Him praise by obedience. That was the basic conversation I had with my parents this last couple of weeks. They've been religious people for 80 some years, they read their Bibles. They have a one-hour prayer time. but the reality is they know they are disobedient to God's will. They're capable people, they're very free. but God wants to be obeyed, and that's how He wants to be loved. And so I on my way to their house for two and a half hours, I put psalms on the CD player. and in that I thought, you know what? If all the angels praise you, if all nature praises you, shoot, my parents need to praise you too, amen? You know, at times there's people you look and they kind of intimidate you, aren't there? Each one of us has them. They kind of look at their life and it's either all together, too, 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 too together, too proper, too whatever. You know, there's other lives and you go, yeah, yeah, they need it. A couple of weeks back I went uh, to study with a, fr- a friend and he said, you know what? He needs the Bible. And I say, yeah, he does, but you do too. And there's people that you feel like, yeah, he definitely needs it. But, you know, when we get a sense of who God really is, we realize everybody, regardless of their intellect, their capability, their social status, they need God and they need to praise him. Amen. And so that emboldened me to speak truthfully to my own folks. Go, you know what? It's time that you you do right by God by praising him. I do not want to have, and I said, I don't want to have this conversation when it's too late. Because you know, there's people that, yeah, and on their deathbed we have the conversation. But it's too late. There's way too much praising that should have happened beforehand. And so I said to them, you know what, your lives can impact so many people. So many family members look up to my parents. And so they said they'd be willing to study. So I ask you for my my parents in your prayers. If you're going to pray for us, pray for that, because that's, that's so, so dear to us. What about that they'd obey his word? Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in all dominion. Praise the Lord. What are we here to do on earth? It is. Now, our tendency is that we think that that means we got to raise our hands, we got to be louder, we got to do whatever. Well, you know what? There's many different ways to praise the Lord. I just want to challenge you to be active in pursuing in God how does He want to be praised beyond just singing, even though that's part of it. Beyond just reading, even though that's part of it. Beyond just praying, even though that's part of it. But all the way to every aspect of your life that you decide, you know what? I'm going to praise the Lord. And so the psalmist ends the psalm saying, praise the Lord, my soul. As we take the Lord's Supper, Jesus in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection, demonstrated to you and I the best way to praise the Lord. Peter had one way of praising God. But after the resurrection, Jesus challenged him while wow. through his death he would glorify God. You know, we're going to praise him sometimes by being evangelistic. We're going to praise him times, sometimes by being faithful. We're going to praise him sometimes by persevering. But regardless of what we have to do, my call to you is let's praise him until that last day. And in that, will honor Christ, body and blood. Let's pray. Father, it would be so incredible for us to see you. We could see the impact of your presence, but we know that seeing you would be too much for us. We thank you that you gave us in your Son an example of your character of your being. You demonstrated through him what love and compassion is all about. We thank you for how in, your lives, in our lives you work. We thank you that you established the Lord's Supper so that we would remember and would not forget. And God, with all we've got, we want to honor you in the same way that you gave to us all you've got. Thank you for your son. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his death. Thank you for the resurrection. We pray, God, that as we uh, celebrate the supper, we can honor you. By us also conveying to you and committing to you that we, with all we've got, we'll praise you. Thank you for Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.